just me. A place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Just Me. And as always, I'm excited we get to continue our conversation on Black, Indigenous, and People of Color Mental Health Awareness Month. So Ms. Sasha is going to give us a recap on what we talked about, and then we're going to continue our discussion. Yes, yes, yes. So last episode, we spoke about, um, we highlighted the fact that July is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, And the reason why this is important, and it was birthed in 2008, um, is because a lot of mental health concerns that are indicative to um, Black and Indigenous people of color communities um, need to be addressed differently and need to be made aware that mental health looks different for different communities. Um, And we talked about, last episode, we talked about um, debunking some of the myths around mental health, um, some facts about mental health as it relates to people of color, um, indigenous people, and some of the statistics are pretty are, are pretty significant because at this rate, the mental health and the the mental health of people of color, black indigenous people of color, um, is rising, is increasing, um, and so as a result, we need to take a step back as a community and look at. How do we provide that support? We know why it's increasing. We definitely know why it's increasing. However, how do we put in, how do we give that resilience? How do we strengthen those resilient components, those resilient factors, so that the statistics aren't so drastically? So we left off with last episode talking about um, we were going to review some of the myths. It, it was actually one myth that we did not discuss, and that was therapy is too expensive. Mm. So that was one of the reasons we kind of birthed just me, isn't it? Yeah, because of the price of um of, of therapy, and then we found that um during the season, like you know, when the insurance starts off in January, mm-hmm. and you get that high deductible. And you don't have the money to pay for it. So you're like, oh, I can't go yet. No, this is another way um, to kind of cut that course or until you can meet that deductible. And then two, if you have no insurance at all and you just don't want to go out, it's a a tool to have resources um, to talk, you know, from the convenience of home. And then you do have some episodes and you better be listening to we have a good number of episodes up there that will help you in all areas of um, of your life. And so we're trying to just give back um, to the community. Because we have them, been blessed and highly favored now back at church, but um, and what in our gifts that we're able to help. So we believe in a healthy mind for a healthy community. So that's what Just Me is all about. So therapy can be expensive, yes, but it's not too expensive because there are programs, no matter where you live at, that have free services. There are 800 numbers that you can call on crisis number if you find yourself in a crisis that are available. And we're going to have all this information. Um, on our platform so 
If you don't see it on Facebook, check us out on Instagram. So that was just a little quick commercial in the middle of our discussion as we talk about the BIPOC community and Black mental health during the season. So one area that we ended off where we're talking about the youth and adolescents, how does this impact the adolescents in the BIPOC community, mental health? What does that look like? for them? What strategies can we help give them and or parents? So with August being back to school month, and we think about um, our teens, our children, um, even our college kids going back to school, what that looks like. um, And what does healthy mental health look like? So I want to take a step back a little bit and say that when we think about going back to school for our our tots and our children and our middle schoolers, our elementary and middle schoolers and high schoolers, one thing that I didn't realize that I can understand why it's happening is that active shooter drills are becoming more prevalent um, within the schools. And so with everything, with um, an increase or visibility of some of the, the mass shootings that have happened over the years, um, in the media, schools are starting to prepare our students by doing active shooter drills. And I remember growing up and having the fire drills. All right. Um, but I never, we never, we didn't, we didn't need to do an active shooter drill. Cause it but, wasn't you know, with the fire drill. Like you didn't see smoke, you didn't smell smoke, like, oh, hey, really no fire. So you went slow or whatever. You didn't really pay attention. You know, the teachers push you. But when you come to the active shooter, they could be shooting on the other side of the building. You're going to take cover. You don't have to hear nothing. It's the, the different, it's the impact on you emotionally when you just hear active shooting and fire. It's, it's, it does something to you. Yeah. And when we think about what our kids are going back to school and experiencing as they have conversations in their classrooms or if, when they start to practice these drills, we as um, the caregivers at home, the people in the community have to show up and support our children. Um, the behaviors that they may be showing, the um, quote-unquote acting out or the being recluse um, and maybe not talking about um, their emotions, yes, can be age-appropriate, but can also be something that us as caregivers need to say, hey, let's talk about something. Let's have a conversation. As uncomfortable as it may be to you and as nerve wracking as it may be to you, it's uncomfortable for the caregiver as well. But because I am the adult and I'm supposed to be leading by example, I want you to acknowledge that your mental health and your feelings are worthy. And so let's talk about it. So um, wait, when you say that, like my children have grown so when the act, when the shootings take place and they're on the news, I don't get a call from the school saying um, it's been a shooting at the school, so I don't get to react. So I know Miss um, Smith here; she has kids in school. So when you see it on the news again, we talk about television. It kind of gives us this image and helps us mix our beliefs, choose our beliefs. When you see that, the feeling that you get, or what's the conversation that you have with your child when they come home. If it's your child's school and you're at work and you see it come across the new, that impact, and then what happens the day after? Mm-hmm. How do you address the child when they say, even though it happened in Colorado, I don't want to go to school? 
mm-hmm. because it could happen to me. What tools do you have to tell, you know, to, to speak with your child? Do you stay home from work? How do you react not knowing they got to get on the bus and the bus did this and you all the way in another city working? That impact that it has on you, you like you mentioned that stress, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Like every day, I, I can only imagine if my children from my house, I know I have grandchildren that go out, but to have to see them every day, get on the bus or come back is something. So how do you deal with it as a parent? And then how do you speak to it with your children? So basically what we want to do initially, just acknowledge that as it relates to letting them know that you hear, you know, their concerns and also let them know that you feel them also so they can feel a sense of connection with you. And then, you know, you make the decision based upon where you both are mentally. Um, I know it was a situation at my daughter's school. It wasn't an active shooter at the time, but, um, Whenever we arrived to her school, cops were everywhere. Um, so we decided not, I decided not to go to work and I took her home and we just uh, sat there and, um, just relaxed. And then the school did call me on my phone, called us on our phone and told us that, um, the kids can return to school because whatever had happened, um, was, was done. So basically, it was shooting next uh, shooting next door to the school. But we decided not to do that because of all the stress and anxiety that built up based upon um, the situation beforehand. So you have to meet kids where they are, um, but also acknowledge your mental health as it as it relates to you being a caregiver and decide what the next step may be. Maybe maybe it means not to go to school today. Or to seek assistance out from a therapist, but really, you know, just addressing those um, thoughts and feelings and not, you know, pushing them aside. Because when they suppress those thoughts and feelings, then that's when the behaviors start. And something of changing being. Yes. And I think that's one thing, just kind of piggyback off what you just said, Mishreen, is that it may not show up the stress. Um, of a situation may not show up that day. Yeah. It may not show up that week. It may not show up that month. It may wait until a year from now Correct. to show up based on everything that we've been inundated with. However, we know as a BIPOC community that our kids are disproportionately impacted negatively by situational environmental factors. So as adults, as the leaders of our children, why would we not help them get support? Why would we not say anything? And this is almost a, a, reco- a rhetorical question because if you as an adult is struggling with everything that's been going on with the media, everything that's been going on um, in our society, as far as shootings, as far as police brutality, as far as um, being um, misused, taken advantage of, as an adult, if we have trouble with managing that and our kids hear us as we're yelling at the TV or stressed out, or I know my dad, we, his favorite thing, whenever he, we knew he was stressed when he had that scotch 
and those ice cubes and that olive. All right. That was a stress. That was a, that was a stressful day. Okay. And so I've seen it a little more now and I'm like, okay, daddy's stressed. Um, but if we as ourselves as adults can't or having a difficult, difficult time managing everything that's being thrown at us, how in the world are we expecting our kids to navigate this by themselves? Mm-hmm. So if anything, the caregivers need to be the first ones in line to say, hey, I need some support. To help support my child. Facts. Yeah. Facts. But also, that's why it's very important that people deal with the trauma. Because when you suppress your trauma, in present situations like this happen, that past trauma show up in present circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it makes it very difficult for you to to be able to handle those situations beforehand regarding your children. Sometimes we avoid it, avoid handling situations because it's too big for us. And that's why it's very important to receive support. Absolutely. And I like when we are talking like, just because like if I can handle it, doesn't mean a child can handle it. Mm-hmm. Or if I can't handle it, doesn't mean my child can't handle it. It's very important to have that dialogue with your child and really ask the child those questions. And here we go back to communication. Regardless of how you feel, find out how your child feels and then help your child. And then, and if you need help, if your child feels different, your child can help you. If you feel this kind of way, like help me change this feeling so y'all can operate better. So one thing um, that I also hear changing that we that I hear y'all saying is to watch or pay attention to the change of behaviors mm-hmm. in your children, Correct. especially during this time. Say so we're going back to school. They then had a little time at home with their son and got a little free, but now they're gonna go back, and the only memory they have basically is what they left from last year. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, you're transitioning from middle school to the high school or from elementary. That's another transition on top of that, you know. God forbid another incident happen, whether it's here or another state, that um, happens right before school starts because that fear might, you know, it might come back up. Those same feelings that they had when it was actually happening might come back up. Change, behavior change, be very watchful of that. Intentional. And before we do, before we do list the signs and symptoms um, or things that parents should look out for or caregivers should look out for is that we get, I, I want to say this, we get into as human beings a place of complacency where we begin to um, shy, um, turn a blind eye to what is really going on because we are inundated with it so much in with the media that we forget that it still has an impact on our bodies. It still has an impact on our minds. And we begin to internalize that as, oh, well, you know, it's just another thing that happened. But our body remembers it. Our mind remembers it. Mm -hmm. And so I know that school shootings have been very big lately. But let's also keep in mind that Black and Indigenous people of color, the communities, have experienced disproportionately higher incidents of violence in our community. And so when we talk about school shootings, we also have to come from a place of what have our kids experienced before this? 
how are they reacting to stress before this, before these events? And so we're not just taking these events as a silo Mm -hmm. because then we wouldn't be doing ourselves justice and we wouldn't be doing our kids justice. We are taking this and looking at it in a collective mindset of what are you experiencing at home? What are you experiencing in your community? Because it's been indicated that 50 to 75% of youth in the juvenile justice system really should have probably been diagnosed with a mental health concern versus a behavior or an opposition or a conduct. So when we think about that's 50 to 75% of juveniles, we are condemning their behaviors based on how they're reacting to stress. So, and this stress didn't just come up based on these school shootings. This stress has been here. So, I'm gonna get off my soapbox and let no stay on the positive. You open you open a whole nother door because like when you were saying the some of the things that our kids are exposed to, even in the in the house. So as a parent, if I'm letting them watch whatever they want to watch, letting them just do certain mm-hmm. things and, and I'm bringing it, I'm and I'm behaving a certain way, they see this, you know, but then we get on them for acting out what they see us do. Violence. If your child got an iPod, what you call them, uh, uh, Xbox, or iBox, falling <laughs> in PlayStation, PlayStation, yeah. PlayStation stuff, they gave me hours of life. Yeah, games alone, so graphic, yes. the movies, the images, the television shows that you watch, but then you say, you know, a school shooting, but you let them all day long, you know. So I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Because my baby, 27 or 26 years old, one of them numbers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead. So other things we will see um, with kids that we may want to be on alert for as they transition back to school is changes in their mood. Well, they are irritable, withdrawal, lack of motivation, mood swings, and also intense feelings of worry and anxiety. And then as Sasha say, physical symptoms, they not only show up in adults, they show up in children too, where they have headaches, stomach aches, as it relates to the thought of going to school. Also change in functioning regarding the academics and social functioning. And also changes, changes within their sleep and eating patterns. They doing too much or too little eating and sleep, sleeping. Are often markers that something may be troubling your child. And physical harm, very, very important with the physical harm. You know, take a look at their body. If you notice like small cuts, um, picking the skin, bird marks that you can't explain, those are definitely, definitely indicators that your child is possibly dealing with some sort of distress that needs immediate help. And also suicidal thoughts or letters that you see around, or just some of the remarks they say, as it relates to, I'm not needed here, I wish I was dead. Please, you know, take those remarks seriously. And I know sometimes kids can joke around about those things, but you you definitely need to explore, okay, why are you saying that? You know, where did you get that from? Are you feeling that way? Mom, please, it's just, no. You know, these are very important signs um, that we want to be aware of. 
while, while you was reading those um the well say, saying those signs, it made me think like when a when a young person says, and I say young, under twelve years old, say, I'm stressed out and we my our comment is, You too young to be stressed. You don't know what stress is. Mm-hmm. And man, I and I'm sitting here like beating, giving myself a whooping because I've so told that to so many children. But stress is real, whether you two, five or five hundred. You can stress. Yeah. And that is mental health wellness is recognizing that, hey, I'm acting differently based on this stress. I may need further supports. Mental health does not have to be you are experiencing schizophrenic symptoms. You go. Mental health does not have to be only that you only need medication. No, mental health does not have to be just that. Mental health is that and. And I think that we, that, this education helps debunk a lot of that stigma as to, oh, well, mental health is only if you are crazy. No, mental health is for people who get stressed. And we all get stressed. So mental health is everybody. Well, with that said, Sasha, everybody needs to be joining us on next week when our next episode is going to be dealing with stress because everybody, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody has to deal with stress. Good stress, bad stress, but we're going to stress it together. So join us next week and just me. Nice, nice. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So with that being said, We're going to leave you with some nuggets, okay? If you are ready to take that leap, if you are ready to step outside your comfort zone and look at some things to help strengthen your mental health and get that support going, we have some tips for you. Is that, and this is for staff and administration as well, as far as going back to school. It is not easy Mm. being a teacher. No, not at all. And I do not want to shine light on it's, oh, it's just the kids going through stress. Our teachers, yes, absolutely. So we need to give them the support too. But is that um, therapy and counseling is not a one-size-fits-all. A counselor has to be someone that you have comfort with, has to have a good fit with, okay? So if you feel like that's not a good connection, the person that you talk to or have reached out for support and you're just not having a good connection, that's okay. That is truly, truly okay. This is not a one-size-fits-all. It may be that that connection with that person is not going to help you on your journey to wellness. What are some other tips that you guys have? Uh, Ms. Smith, can you tell them that thing that uh, Ms. That Journeys is offering for the school teachers? Yeah, so basically, um, Journeys have been reaching out to the administrators um, as it relates to schools offering counseling. So if you want to reach out to Journeys, you can go to journeyscounselorgso.com. We are really focusing on our administrators as it relates to um, preparing them to go back to school. Mental health is very important. And one thing about mental health is that it starts with you. So your mental health is a priority before you can help others. And I would say, too, just... um. Check your um, community, your local agencies and within your communities. They do have free programs to provide um, if you don't have insurance. And then um, if you do have insurance, just look into the benefits of your health plan and see what does it cover. See if you have a copay or not, because most of the time they do um, with the climate that America is in right now, that um, a lot of the uh, mental health 
portion, they're um, waiving the copay for that portion. Mm-hmm. Or most of the jobs have an EAP program, which is, which is called an Employees Assistant Program. And they'll uh, give you somewhere between four and maybe 10 um, free sessions that is no um, out-of-pocket cost to you. So there are programs out there to little to no cost for you um, and your family. So we just encourage you to, um, to, to seek help. To, if you if you feel that you need, if you don't feel that you need, if you have a question, to don't be afraid to take that step. And that's what it's about, that we're just trying to help give you that push to take that first step, even if that first step is just listening to Tracy, Sharina, and Sasha. It's a step in the right beginning. Awesome, awesome. Um, and recognize that if you do, if you have an experience that is not the most pleasant, then that's okay. Try another counselor. Try somebody else. Try a different agency. Try a different atmosphere. It's okay. Ask questions. Ask questions. You have rights and responsibilities, just like the the counselor, the therapist, the clinician, however you want to call us, whatever you want to call us. We have responsibilities. So we are providing a service to you. You deserve to know everything about that service and what that professional's background is. So... Yes, take your health back into your hand. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you guys for checking in with us. As always, as always, please take care of yourself so that we can take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com backslash Just Me Podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.